the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Home is where the heart is. So let me ask you, where's your heart? We'll talk about that next. Join us. If home is where the heart is, just how homesick are you for heaven? Hi there. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well. Our time today will take us back to God's Word as we take a look at kingdom citizenship. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're at, and we'll spend the bulk of our time there today and tomorrow as we take a look at the citizenship you and I have in Christ in heaven. Do we live like it? Or do we live like our citizenship is here on earth? We're talking about that today. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with this edition of Times of Refreshing. From a personal standpoint and from a corporate standpoint, number one, our first ministry is to God. We minister to God. We learn to worship God. We learn to spend time with God. We learn to serve Him with, our, with all that we are. And God, He loves that when we learn how to put Him First, we prioritize him. And then everything else flows from that. The mistake that we make oftentimes is we put things before God. And anything you put before God has become your idol. God has to come first. And so we minister to God. Number two, we minister to each other. When we become a part of every person under the sound of my voice needs to be plugged into a local church and join a local church. Become incorporated. Understand the the vision and the mission of the local church. Buy into what the pastor is teaching, the ministry that has been established and the vision that has been given by God. Then we learn how to minister to each other. We encourage each other. We strengthen each other. We correct each other. We rebuke each other sometimes. We love each other. We hold each other accountable. We minister to each other. Then number three, we minister to a dying world. We go outside these four walls and we go and we get people for God. We draw them to the kingdom. We're going to talk about this here. We draw them into the kingdom. We help them to understand the kingdom of God. And so for all of us here, we want to keep that in mind. God wants us to get out. And I was just sharing this with somebody the other day. People think that being apostolic means that you just plant churches. That's, not the, that's a small part of being apostolic. It's a small part. It's not, the, it's not the major theme when you read the book of Acts and you read the Gospels. It's not the major theme. Or you meet, read the epistles. We have to understand that being apostolic is not just going out and planting churches. It's not. It's about being an infiltrator, meaning God will take you and put you right in the middle 
of the California Association of Athletic Directors with people that don't know God and use your bald-headed self <laughs> to go in with a message that represents the kingdom and share to people who in some cases would never ever hear a message like that in that kind of setting. But look at your neighbor and tell them, but God. So God will take you and place you right in the middle of your job. Can I have an amen? Give you influence and an opportunity to share your faith, to advance the kingdom of God. That's an apostolic. God took Paul and placed him right in the middle of a city of Ephesus. Put him right in the middle of the city and used him to make impact on people. Bible never said that he did this, that, and the other. He went in. And so what I'm saying is, is that God, he wants to strategically place you in positions of influence so that his kingdom could be advanced. And part of this, we're going to minister to God. We're going to minister to each other. But we've got to get outside of these four walls and, God, and allow God to use our influence and put us in positions where we can have impact with people who would never step foot in a church. Amen. That's being apostolic. Amen. That's being apostolic. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a part of what you do. Wherever you go, there's impact and people get saved. People get touched. People hear the word of God. Okay, so we got to make sure that as a church that we're constantly embracing that aspect of apostolic ministry and what God did through the apostles. That he used them to advance his cause and advance the kingdom and so that other people, people could become citizens of the kingdom of God. And so watch what happens here because there's something dangerous that can take place when we don't realize that there's three parts of this, God, each other, and then outside in the world. It says here in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, And I, brethren, the Apostle Paul said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? They weren't behaving like citizens of the kingdom. They're behaving like mere men. He says, for when one says, I am a Paul, and, I, and another, I am Apollos, are you not, he says, carnal. So he's telling them here that, they, that by this time you should have grown up. You should be beyond the milk. You sh this should be. But he said, I had to feed you with milk because you're still acting carnal. Carnal means to be soulish. It means that we, we know God, but yet we're allowing our lower nature still to rule in us and get the best of us. And when we do that, we allow our souls to be carnal or soulish and our, our soul is ruling us instead of us being spiritual, allowing the spirit of God to rule us. What happens is it leads ultimately to divisions and factions. He says in verse 3, For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Anytime you have envy, strife, and divisions, ultimately you're seeing a form of carnality. Now, 
he's not talking to people that are outside the church. He's talking to church folks. Can I have an amen? amen? There should be no reason. All of us, we have to grow up. We have to mature. We're kingdom citizens. We have to get beyond envy. Meaning we're looking at the good that we see in another and desire to have that good that we see in another. And if need be, we'll chop that person down and take them out in order to get it. It's called having an evil eye. People have evil, it's an evil eye. You see the good in that person. Instead of measuring yourself according to God's purpose for you, we start eyeing what somebody else has. And we're not behaving like, like kingdom citizens. We're not growing up. God doesn't want us to look at somebody else. Praise God. You know you're free when you can rejoice in the blessing on somebody else's life. And shout with them. But when we start envying what they have, and desiring what they have. It's a sign that we are immature and that we're, we haven't grown up. We're just being carnal. And the devil is messing with our heads. So we have to be sensitive about this. He says, where there's envy. And then he says, strife. You see this oftentimes. People haven't grown up and they fight with everybody. They're striving with everybody. And there's strife with everybody. And I don't like this person on my job. I don't like this person in my home. I'm tired of my grandmama. I'm tired of my mama too and my daddy too. I'm tired of everybody. I'm tired of the pastor. I'm tired of... And and they're always fighting. It's a sign of immaturity. It's a sign that you... And I haven't grown up. If this is what we're always doing, it's always strife. There's never peace. Look at your neighbor and tell him, are you ever happy? That's the problem. Well, some people are never happy. And they're blaming everybody else for why they're never happy. But they haven't looked at themselves in the mirror and said, you are immature. You are carnal. And you fight with everybody. You can move to Pluto. And you would fight with the rocks. We have to. But this is carnality. And we can go to church. We can shout. We can jump. We can dance. But it's still carnality. And, and we have to realize as kingdom citizens. God is looking for us to grow up. Because he wants us to minister to him. He wants us to minister to each other, but he wants us to be ministered to a dying world, but we will not be effective in ministering to anybody if we don't start growing up and allowing the Holy Spirit to mature us so that we start chewing on the weightier matters and the weightier matters, we allow them to have an impact on our own personal lives. So this is a form of immaturity and carnality where you have envy and then you have strife. Then he says divisions among you. We have divisions. When a person sows seeds of discord and division, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a, whether it's in a business, whether it's in the church, it's a sign of carnality. And all carnality, immaturity, all this stuff is rooted in selfishness. A desire just to have what, what you want to have. And so anytime you have two visions, you have division. And when you have division, you know somewhere in there the devil is working. So the devil has you sleeping over here, and then he has you sleeping over there, and then he's chilling in the middle laughing at both of you. Because now I separated them and I've got them divided. Same thing in the church when we, we have too many visions going on. 
then what happens is it creates division. But it's a sign of carnality. It's a sign that a person isn't mature and isn't grown up and hasn't come into the things of God. The Apostle Paul is, is highlighting that. Then he says this. He says in verse 4, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, he says, are you not carnal? Anytime we start saying, well, I'm with this group, I'm not, we start picking and choosing as if God is trying to create a competition in the house. When everybody's eyes need to be on Jesus. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm all for supporting people and doing those things. We should. We should support each other. But this is how all the denominations started. I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm Lutheran. I'm Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal holiness with a burning fire and a, and a, mighty, a mighty wave of glory. And then we name it something. And then t- everybody follows this one over here. And everybody follows that one over here. And then the next thing you know, we have all this stuff in this kernel. When the Baptists have some truth that you need. And the Methodists have some truth that you need. And the Pentecostals have some truth that you need. And the Presbyterian has some truth that you need. And the church of God in Christ has some truth that you need. And the assemblies of God has some truth that you need. Can I have have an amen, y'all? But what happens is we just just throw, we we create factions based on personal preference and familiarity. Instead of saying, I want to know the truth. And the truth is going to set me free. And I can go and speak over here and navigate through that. And I know they got some truth and there's some stuff that's not true. But I can go over here and I know that they got some truth and they got some stuff that's not true. I can see the whole picture. Instead of just saying, I'm a Paul. I'm a Apollos. It's called carnality. And so now this church over here that maybe is God's dealing with. Instead of us saying, you know what? I can still, I, I understand where they're coming from. I know how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. But it doesn't mean that person's not saved. Doesn't mean that that person's not saved. Doesn't mean that that person's not saved. All of us are journeying and learning about God. But what happens is we start to do this and it's a sign that we're carnal, we're immature, we haven't grown up. And so now when it comes to ministering to God, when it comes to ministering to each other, when it comes to ministering to people out in the world, we have a hard time. And what God's trying to do for all of us is get us to grow up, to mature, to become healthy kingdom citizens. Look what he says in verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. Then he says this, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave, he says, the increase. The Apostle Paul understood as a mature man that I have my small part, which was to plant. Apollos has his small part, which is to water. But ultimately, it's God who gives the increase in anyone's life. So the person who plants and the person who waters, without God, it means nothing. And when we get this in our minds, when we, when we get outside these four walls and we start ministering to people, that God, you're going to use me to plant a seed. Oh God, you just used me to water a seed that had been planted. But ultimately, I'm partnering with you so that you 
give the increase. And that way I don't receive any glory. And the person who watered doesn't receive any glory. But God gets all the glory. Can I have an amen? And there's no need for me to get lifted up in pride. There's no need for me to think that, oh, I'm somebody because I did something. Because I really didn't do anything except what God told me to do. And it wouldn't have worked unless God put his super on my natural. And if that person's heart would not have been right, who God had already been chasing for years, then nothing. Can I have an amen, y'all? It helps to put us in the right perspective. Even from what we do from here, the pulpit. It helps us to understand that this is a part to play. But what makes us truly apostolic is when we're able to get outside these four walls and understand these principles and the way in which God functions and then we have a lasting impact because now we're outside the four walls doing what God is having us to do. We're taking the show on the road. But if we don't grow up, we'll never see the fullness of the fruit that God's trying to bring forth in our lives and in other people's lives. So the Apostle Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. It's about God. And God will take and use you. Then God will take and sit you down for a while. God will take and, and he'll give you an opportunity and then God will say, well, how about we just sit down for a while? One of the major mistakes, and I've been saying this lately from the churches, too many people want to get up here. But this is not where it's at. This is a part of it. It's a blessing. But until we can take ourselves and get outside in the street somewhere, then we're not really fulfilling the fullness of the mandate that God has for us as people of God. And number one, as citizens of the kingdom of God. This isn't the goal. The goal is God transform me to such a degree that when I get out there, they see you in me. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. And they want to they they become citizens of the kingdom just like me. Yes. And come out of darkness. He says here in verse 8, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Somebody say labor. And so now there's a reward at stake here. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, I minister to God, I minister to, to the saints of God, then I get outside and I minister to other people. But as I'm ministering, I have to keep in mind that there is a reward. That there's something at stake here. That there's something that I'm storing up for myself in, in heaven as I do my job. And as I'm faithfully committed to the mandate that is God has given us. And I have to keep in mind, according to verse 8, that it is labor. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's labor. That means that God has signed you up for work. Ministering to him is work. Ministering to each other is work. Ministering to people outside the, the church is work. It is a grind. It is, it is, it is going to be painful sometimes. When you want to sleep. But God keeps putting that person on your mind. 
And God is saying, I want to use you to, to reach that person. And you're not going to be in the paper. And they're not going to put your name on the plaque. And they're not going to say you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you're not going to plant a mega church. And you're not going to have the greatest this and the greatest that. And you're not going to be the most popular preacher in the planet. But you are going to be a person that has stored up treasures in heaven. And I saw what you did when nobody saw what you did. Can I have an amen, y'all? I saw what you did when nobody saw what you did. And what happens is God... God ultimately loves it when, we'll, when we'll ju- we're willing just to do what God said and we're not looking for any attention from it. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? And we realize that it is labor, that it's work. This is, this is my job. This is my job description. This is what God signed me up for. God takes Philip, who was a deacon, He sends him on the road. He meets an Ethiopian eunuch. One person. The Lord strategically places him right where he needs to be. And he ministers to one person. It never never said that a whole bunch of people saw and it was some big old event. He just approached the chariot, ministered to the person. He didn't know that person was going to go back to Ethiopia and start a revival. But his simple act of obedience when nobody else was watching had a lasting impact. And it didn't say that he was, you sending me way over there to talk to one person. How in the world? That's a waste. I'm going to drive over there. I'm going to drive way over there and talk to them. And I don't even know if they're going to receive. You know they heathens over there, Lord. Come on, y'all. And we start, we start counting the Counting our, our chips and counting our counting the cross, and I don't know if I want to do that. And we make decisions to minister to people based on our comfort. Minister Jennifer, I tell you, we've listen, I've been to places. We we went, we've been to so many places. We went up to I remember one time we went up way up in the mountains somewhere over there in Arnold. Arnold, was that Arnold? Arnold, California. I don't even know where it's at. But I knew the Lord told me to go up there. I spent more gas money driving there than the offering I got after I got done preaching. I'm sweating. I'm falling out. I'm prophesying to everybody. I'm toe up from the flow up. And they gave me $50. And, and, I, I, and I learned early. I remember back in the I learned it don't matter. There is, you know, 50, 70 people, 50 people there, whatever. We minister, we preach to them like we preach to 10,000. 5,000. It don't matter. God, I don't care. Matter of fact, I'm going to give the offering back. It's, it looked like y'all needed more than me anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's go. Praise the Lord. But when we start saying, I can't do this because it's going to cost me too much. Then how can, it's a sign that we're still in a state of carnality. And God can't really use us the way that he wants. But he says, but everyone's going to receive a reward according to his own labor. Stop worrying about what you get here. If we're faithful, when we stand before him, he's going to have a lot more for us than we ever, can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? 
We're worried too much about what we get here. But if we're going to minister to God, minister to each other, minister to a dying world, it's going to be labor, and we have to embrace that aspect of being a kingdom citizen. He says in verse 9, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. We have to take heed how we're building. How we're building on that which has been established and that which has been laid through the apostles. Through what Jesus established. How are we building on it? You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.